Welcome to Mighty House. This is a radio show for people with problems. Home improvement problems, that is. Send an email now to Robbie at MightyHouse.net or call into the show at 877-711-5611. From foundation leaks to roof repairs, the Mighty House team is on the job. You're You're listening listening to Mighty House. All right, I am Rich Cowgill runs off today, so we got Ash Nissan sitting in for him. Uh, the oh, Mighty House here. team is back. We're starting hour three of the show. Join us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Periscope Live, right now brought to you in part by Mr. Floor, Smart265, and Mag Erad. And wherever you're watching, click on the like button and subscribe so you'll be notified when we hit the air. We are broadcasting worldwide and live from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time every Saturday at MightyHouse.net, TuneIn.com, and on the Gab Radio Network, just look for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. Podcast previous shows, segments such as the Tip of the Week or Clutter Clary, you can find those at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or on the HomeImprovementUSA.com. Find links to them all at MightyHouse.net. And I just video clips of the show are also available at MightyHouse.net and on the Mighty House YouTube channel. Just look for the Mighty House YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Look for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. Twitter handle is at Mighty House. Gifts call the Mr. Floor Helpline. 877-711-5611. Said that too fast so people don't like that. 877 Five six one one or eight seven 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 eleven fifty six eleven. That's even more confusing. You'll have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products, all non toxic, environmentally safe, and you can learn more at mrfloor.com. There you go. And one final mention. This is the final mention. We're going to give away the Klein Tool three zero zero five CR ratcheting crimper for wires from ten to twenty two AWG with insulating terminals. So if you're an electrician, you know, kind of just tool guy, you know, give Trixie a call, give you your name. It's all she needs is your name. Well, probably your address, but we won't get that out over the air. And she could put it on a piece of paper, goes in a bag, and we'll pick that at the end of the show on on on, on Facebook Live. Uh, yes. Go yes. ahead, Robbie. You yes, got your, Robbie. A couple things. Um, Wally, who is watching on Facebook Live and always does, and we thank you very much. Why did you say road trip? What were we talking about that you said road trip? And I, I don't know. So you're going to have Ron's to... on road trip. I know, but he just put it recently and then he made like crying I don't know. blue face. I'm not sure what I crying blue face emoji is. So I, that's why I'm asking. So we could find out. Um, the other well, thing if he wants a road trip, you know, the ISEA solar tour oh, is nice. today from 10 a.m. Nice. to 3 p.m. So it, today is the day. We promoted it, but today's the day. So if you want some more information, go to ISEA.org. And the other thing is, um, along with my grocery store tips um, for reasons to perhaps, and I didn't go over reasons not to shop at Trader Joe's, but these were just some reasons too. Um, another thing I wanted to add was the Dirty Dozen food list. I don't know if you gentlemen have heard of this before, but there is an organization that puts together every year. Um, the Dirty Dozen was a great movie. The Dirty Classic. Dozen food list. So what they have done, the Environmental Working Group, um, they compile a list annually. They've taken 40, almost 41,000 samples of 47 different types of produce. And what they do is they um, rank them in order of the food that has the most pe- pesticide residue. So Strawberries? It's number one. 
Yes. Oh, that could no, be I knew a that? fun quiz. Because they are very hard to wash for pre-packaging because they, they get moldy very easily. So they always pick them, ship them. You have to wash them at home prior to eating they them. Are... Oh, oh, I've got one. If yes. that's number one. Uh, so during, uh, during the war, uh, during the Second World War, uh, families made something called a victory garden. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, they would grow all sorts of things. Um, mm-hmm. And now, you know, if you've got some space, you know, a victory garden can be can be great. Like I, you know, we we uh, just, I saw your victory we did, garden. We did a project, and we picked. You know, we have a side yard. There's a there's a small uh, like a small apple orchard. There's three trees there. There's pear. There's nectarine. There's a strawberry patch, and then a full on normal what you would think of as a normal ve- vegetable garden. We're growing um, service berry because service berry. Uh, isn't as finicky as blueberry to grow in this uh, in this Midwest Climate, soil right. uh, because it, the soil here is more basic and less acidic, uh, and acidify, acidifying a large area acidifying. is tough. Acidifying, I like acidifying. Acidifying, acidifying lar- a large area is is tough. Uh, so uh, service berry tastes a little bit like a cross between blueberry and crab apple, and so uh, uh, that that yeah. And so, uh, so there's lots of ways to produce food on site. And if you live in a condo, you can still have a little container yes, and have can. some and have some fresh strawberries. And I will tell you that no matter what, the thing you grow will always taste better than the thing that you got at the store because they had to pick it a while ago mm-hmm. and and have it durable for shipment. If you ever saw how you know oranges and apples were were uh, the the ripeness at which they're shipped, you would be just mortified. Uh, oh, and tomatoes too. Well, no, I never it, it, ever like, eat a store bought tomato if you can so, do it yourself. Uh, just uh, so east of where I live, there are nothing but tomato fields, and you know they, with all the ketchup commercials. Everybody tells you how they only use the best ripe tomatoes. Blah yeah. blah blah. There's semi-trailer boatloads of them going down Immokalee Road to I-75, and, and not a single one is red. They're yep. all yep. green. They they gas them to ripen them. Yep. So, all right, we got phone so calls. Can I got, finish? Let's go to. Oh, okay, go we'll ahead. finish. Two phone do, calls waiting. Do the let's phone get call, through, then I'll finish go. what I was saying. That's what I said. Your stuff's filler. No offense. My, whoa! I said oh, no offense. Dude. Mark, Mark, are you there, Mark? Hello, Mark from Chicago. Uh, go to Ed. Ed. Oh, Ed. Sorry. Hey, okay, Ed. Fine. Hi, Ed. Hey guys, how you doing this morning? Good. We're good. morning. So I got a couple what, of questions actually about winterizing the house, winterizing projects. Um. We bought the house about a year ago. I called in and I tried to fix the deck up a little bit. Uh, it was so non-maintained. Uh, you told me to get some simple green and scrub it, which I did. It didn't really take it down to, to the clean wood at all. It never got there. So I got a power washer. I know you told me not to do that. I gently power washed it. But now I want to get like a sander and go over it. Would, would, that, would that be the right course of action? or? Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, orbital, not... Not belt yeah. if you can avoid it. Right. You want random orbital. And then, uh, yeah, and you probably would do 150 to 220, and all you're going to do is uh, knock all the, the fibers loose so that you can do that. And, no, I know we tell people not to pressure wash. Nothing really actually wrong with it. It's just that if you don't do it gently, you'll do more damage than, than yep. good. It's going to splinter up your right. wood. Yeah, so it's just it's a, it's a safety technique for you guys. You know, we, we power wash all uh, wood decks all the time. Right, I understand. Just just like with, uh, even with some lightly power washing, it's still not clean. I mean, I, I'd, I'd have to start digging into it with a power washer. I don't want to do that. 
Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. Uh, there is a mild acid product that's out there. Rich, do you know? Do you know what? It, is it just like the deck wash stuff, or I, that's that's basically a bleach? And I don't know, but the problem is too is um, at some point somebody might have put on that um, particularly popular brand of deck. Oh, sealer, finish, and that stuff has got a lot of wax in it. And so you you know wax and water don't mix, so it's hard to pressure wash off. When you if you try to sand it, it gums up the sandpaper pretty bad. But it still might be your only way to go, is to sand it. And I I did that on my last deck because I just didn't like the finish; it was flaky. So I just sanded it all like down me. and put a nice mm-hmm. wax so. on, wax off. <laughs> yes, big board right hand, small board left hand. Mm. Think got you said, Ed. We lost Ed. Ed, we lost you. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. are you okay? That- yeah, Ed. Sorry, keep going. Okay. Uh, so you said an orbital sander. Would that be like a little handheld orbital? Or do, do they make like an industrial? No, if if you're talking about a big type sander, you're talking about a floor sander that's, you know, you can rent at at Home Depot, which we don't, we don't use those on professional floors because they're about half the weight of the commercially available ones. And they make these sort of, they sort of like chitter across the floor. They're not heavy enough to do the job. The kind of uh, work that you finish a, like an oak floor with is a, is the kind that takes two guys to lift, but that might be fine for a deck job. Uh, Again, with the admonition that, you know, uh, be careful about about how aggressively you're, you're going to uh, hit that surface. Well, and, and, yeah, and know you that you set might all, hit the and you got to set all the nails, too, or screws, everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, if there's screws and they're recessed, handle. then if there's screws and they're recessed, like, a, you know, like the GRK German screws or something like that, like a, like a hidden deck screw or whatever, you're probably okay. But a lot of them are just hand face nailed with, with you know, whatever, 10-penny... Right, or, galvanized nails yeah. or worse screws, and yeah. you you got to set all those. Otherwise, you're just tearing up your sandpaper. Yeah. Uh, right. I don't know. Hopefully, that'll help you, Ed. But I'd say just a small random orbital on your hands yeah. and knees, and just have at it. And to give you more control, it'll take a little while. But like I said, if, for bad areas, you go to 100 grit. But you know, down to 220, and you'll be fine. That's Sunny day, a couple of beers. Yeah, it's getting cooler out. <laughs> beers. All right, All right we're going to take a break guys. here. we got some peeps on the phone still. We'll get to them real quick. Uh, we'll and get and back Jose we'll about air conditioners. we got to uh, Give us a call and Mr. Floor Helpline, 877-711-5611. Have a chance to win the cleaning products. Non-toxic, fire safe. Learn this more at MrFloor.com. Mighty, Mighty House will return. From 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time every Saturday at MightyHouse.net, TuneIn.com, and the Gab Radio Network. Just look for the Mighty House Home Improvement Show. Give us a call on the Mr. Floor Helpline, 877-711-5611. You'll have a chance to win a Mr. Floor Clean Products, all non-toxic, environmentally safe, and you can learn more at MrFloor.com. And we we had a question before before we go to Mark. that was from earlier uh, that, that mm-hmm. uh, he didn't want to stay on air. And um, it was from a, a gentleman named Jose, and he was asking about winterizing air conditioners, and we didn't kind of circle back. We're not sure if he's talking about window units or, or uh, condensers. And, uh, but it, it makes sense to talk to people about both. So a window AC unit, uh, if, it's best if you can remove it and store it. And so, you know, if you can't handle it because it's too heavy – uh, you know, you you're you should be having a kind of a local handyman, anyways. If you're getting to the point in in age and ability where uh, 
uh, or even inclination where you, you're not going to, you know, be doing some of the maintenance load of the house uh, is um, is having, you know, just bringing that handyman in in the fall and, 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 and among the list of winterizing tasks is taking that window unit out and, and putting it in the garage or wherever. If that's that not an option shaker. because it's too... Uh, too large or you're disinclined, uh, then wrapping it uh, on the outside uh, to prevent uh, moisture intrusion into the interior components um, and freezing on that, um, on the grid, on the, uh, help me out, Rich. I tell everybody, not the coils. the coils, I tell everybody, particularly outdoor air units, all you do is put a sheet of plywood over the top of it to keep the snow and stuff from falling directly on or in it. Yeah. But by wrapping them, you uh, accelerate the corrosion. Yeah. You do not, you don't usually want to wrap them. Now, a house, a window shaker is different because that one is actually open to the house side. So by wrapping it, you're actually keeping the drafts out moisture. It'll dry to the inside. That's a different animal. But outdoor units, just put a piece of plywood on the top. And if you want to be fancy, what we do for our, our clients is we build a, a, a box. Uh, so it's a sheet of plywood on top and then uh, two buys on the side of the plywood to build sort of like kind of a hat, a box. And then inside, we put in little blocks to stand the plywood off just a, an inch and a half off of the face of the grill so that uh, any moisture that does get in maybe through the sides can actually evaporate. Um, mm-hmm. So ours is a slightly more engineered system, but the very basic sheet of plywood on the top also works. Uh, you know, ideally well, cut you to don't size. Want, I'm just saying you don't go buy those wraps that they sell at the store and wrap no, the no, thing no, up. No, 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 terrible, worst. terrible thought. Um, right. Do we still let's have get to Mark? Mark. Thank yeah, you. let's yes. get to Mark. He's been holding long enough. Hey, Thank Mark, you, Mark, you're on Mighty House. Good morning, kids. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for holding. I, uh, Robbie, you've got that dot com down pat. Thank you. <laughs> you're at dot com Robbie you're the gal. They pay me a I, lot uh, to say that. She's absolutely that. worth it what they what they pay her to say that. <laughs> well I've uh, <laughs> they could double it. We're, they could double we're experi- it. We're experiencing a issue. We don't have problems anymore. You know we have issues. Right. Yes. We have a a shower base that we uh, for lack of a better term, I think it's a cultured stone or whatever it's made out of. Okay. But it gets it gets slippery, and we scrub it with a nylon brush, and we do that regularly. But after one or two showers, it gets slippery again, and it and it does have a texture to it a little bit. So mm-hmm. one of those rubber rubber mats that has the suction cups, they just slide around. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd give you guys a, uh, a buzz and see if you had a, a home remedy. Well, now it goes back to really what it's made of. You're not 100% sure if it's a culture stone or if it's a fiberglass or if it's that, uh, like the siles, not sile stone. I mean, if it could be something like that, um, depending on the age. So it's not a sheet it. good, you're saying. Is that correct? No, it's not. This is, I, I'm sure it's a, it's a stone of some kind. And it is, well, I'm going to say... 40, at least 50 years old. So it's been around. I mean, it's not new. It's yeah. 40, 45. Well, that's just it. If it's an actual natural stone, you can actually get, I mean, you could probably talk to a granite company or somebody like that. Um, they make diamond discs, and I have a full set of them. It's for polishing granite. But you can go in there with the coarse cutter and 
really scarify that face and really get a, a rougher texture on it. Um, but I'd hate to say just grind it because without knowing truly what it is, so you might need somebody to look at it, you know, from a, a stonemason or something to come look at it and just see if it is in fact stone or if it's Corian, which was pretty popular. Corian, if it's 40 years old, it wouldn't be Corian. It probably would be a stone. So, but you could grind it is what I'm getting at, you know, with a diamond grinder and actually get some real good grip on that. So a few thoughts. Uh, um, I, I was even thinking about making it real, real smooth. So one of these suction cup things would actually work. And, and that's said either way, because with the diamond cutters, you can, you know, that's like I said, they go down to 3000 grit. So they're used for polishing the granite. So it can be polished as well. But again, I would have somebody look at it and they might have to bring some tools over just to give it a test patch. Again, without looking at it, um, it, it, it sounds a little bit like maybe a, some sort of a biotic film is forming on the surface. That might be, and, and I wonder if you've ever tried just leaving the shower door open or do you, well, first off, do you have a vent fan in the bathroom? Yeah, and I put a fan on the shower every night. Okay. We put, so, I, it's a curtain. We don't have a door. We have a curtain. Okay. And I put a fan blowing into the shower every day. Okay. Because I don't want mold building up, so I wipe it all down. I wipe everything down, and I put a fan there. It, it, and it hmm. blows, and it dries everything out. Do you have forced air heating? No. We have radiators, but there's a fan in the bathroom as well. Got it. Fan. Got it. Um, so the... One thought was that maybe that maybe some a biotic film is growing, you know, that because of a high moisture environment. That, so you've you've addressed that. The uh, then the other thing is there is an applied coating that's out there, um, uh, you know, it's out out there in the world uh, that you can apply to stone finishes to create an anti-traction. Uh, sorry, to to promote traction. Anti-slip, yeah. Anti-slip, right. um, and so it's just an applied clear coat product. Uh, I just did a quick Google while we were talking, and there's a website uh, uh, called slipdoctors.com, and they make it's called they, the product is called Stone Grip. But I'm sure you can find it out there. Uh, it's probably going to be at a tile supply store. That's where I would start uh, at a local tile supply shop. And and it, you know, so one option is to is to grind the coating, and maybe you do both. Maybe in the end, you decide to sort of grind the, the surface down, and then apply the non-slip. Uh, I'm not sure if both steps are necessary, but that's why I think Rich was maybe suggesting a uh, well, that's a, a patched uh, a test area. No, and I haven't. I mean, a natural stone, when we do sealing on stone, or particularly when we do uh, stained and stamped concrete patios, we typically do that. The clear sealer, we mix in aluminum oxide powder, and that creates the non-slip surface, and it's quite possible you can do that. But it all goes back to not knowing exactly what your shower base is made from. So you could buy these products. But I would say just you know clean the thing up really good, but do a little test spot like on the dam of the shower. Just put a little bit on there and see if it reacts, if it changes color, or does it bond properly, all that, before you do the whole base. But the non-slip coating like, like Ash is talking about is a perfectly good way to go because it's much easier and you could probably do it yourself. Did you say slipdoctor.com? Yeah, I mean that just happened to be the first thing that came up. I, you know, we're not, we don't know them, we're not endorsing them, but, but, but it's an easy, it's an easy, um, it's an easy Google to say, uh, what did I, what was the keywords I used was applied traction 
for for shower floor is what I is what I used, um, meaning it's an applied product, and that's what came up. Um, Interesting. But again, so we we scrub it and get it real clean, and I suppose that would be another good way to go because we scrub it a lot, and and then just after a couple of showers, it gets slippery again. I think the soap yeah. or something. Gets I, I'm going to ask uh, Rich a question to see if 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 because uh, I I don't know this um, now. What would you use, Rich, if you weren't gonna, you know, get a diamond grinder and, and you know, right. and 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 grind it down? Is is acetone appropriate, or what? What's a what's a prep? Um, Actually, what I use quite a bit for cleaning things is brake cleaner. Um, brake clean is made for cleaning drums and rotors, right? When you're doing a brake job, yeah. But it's a solvent-based cleaner that leaves zero residue. Oh. So it works great for cleaning up things for, uh, you know, for caulking, like silicone caulk. Because, you, you know, if there's oh. anything, silicone caulk doesn't stick, right? Okay. So, but so they, all, the, all the, my countertop guys, uh, we, we sub out the su- supply of the counters, and they uh, they always use acetone, but I guess same. same. I know, acetone is probably one of the main ingredients in, in break clean, but, you know, oh, okay. either one. But you remember, it. this stuff's all flammable, toxic, stinks, you know, so, but it's a great cleaner for prepping shower okay. bases and that's okay and, like that. and that's okay for a, a potent we, what we don't know might be potentially a porous stone yeah i would say yes okay got it if, if, right. if when you apply brake cleaner you end up using a brush with it or a ra- uh, no, 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 it evaporates way too fast so it's really just spray it into into the, in a small spot wipe it with a rag and then move to a small spot don't spray the whole thing down because it'll evaporate too fast and, and you'll get high as a kite unless you get that fan running and you don't want the other fan running because it's also highly flammable, so you don't want to blow your house up. Okay. No, no, somebody's got to call in please, and complain. Please wear an appropriately rated breathing mask if you're working yes. in an enclosed area. Exactly. Well, All right. We're, we gotta take, we're going to take a break here. Thanks for the call. I hope we helped you some. That's a tough one. Uh, when we get back, we'll take some more calls. Uh, Mr. Floor Helpline at 877-711-5611. And you'll have a chance to win at Mr. Floor Cleaning Products, all non-toxic, environmentally safe. You can learn more at MrFloor.com. You are listening to Mighty House. Thank you. Nailed that was it. Awesome. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. <laughs> you gotta build fast. Cement drawing. All right, let's see. Oh, English side ruined. Must use French instructions. Le Grill? What the hell is that? It's Mighty House. Call Mighty House now at 877-711-5611 and get advice from the experts themselves. This is Mighty House. Remember, podcasts of our previous shows are available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on the HomeImprovementUSA.com. Find links to them all at MightyHouse.net. Join us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Periscope Live, uh, right now, brought to you in part by Mr. Floor, Smart265, and MagaRed. And wherever you're watching, click on the like button and subscribe so you'll be notified when we hit the air. Want to sign up for the newsletter? Go over to MightyHouse.net, click on the Contact Us page, just fill in the first, last name, and your email address. Click on Boom, Done, and you'll know what's coming up on every show. Gifts call the Mr. Floor Helpline, 
5611. You'll have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products, non-toxic, environmentally safe, and you can learn more at mrfloor.com. And this is your last, last chance. Call Now. Trixie call now, people. Just give her your name. Say, I want to be dropped in the bag to win that Klein Tool of the Month, the 3005CR Ratchet and Crimper for wires from 10 to 22 AWG insulated connectors. It's pretty exciting. So, uh, are we we on a topic? Well, no, I but, had my filler to talk about, but well, yeah, let's go back to filler. Oh, okay, great, okay, awesome filler. Number two, the uh, large. So, what I was going to say is, many grocery stores, including Trader Joe's, which is why I was going there with this, have a lot of organic produce. So, um, the twelve foods that had the most pesticide residue, and so they recommend you eat these twelve foods organically: strawberries. Spinach, kale. Kale is new to the list. Who eats kale? What is kale? We're going to get a call from the kale Eight, Is that seven, what my seven, food eats? That's 711 You know, once a week we have to have Robbie is frustrated. Call in, please. Spinach, really kale. Serious. How do you spell kale? It starts with an F. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to tell a story where where I had a great opportunity to help a homeowner. I googled it. Nectarines, uh-huh. apples, grapes, Wait. peaches, oh, cherries, pears, tomatoes, celery, and potatoes. Grow your own tomatoes, people. Everybody, it's easy. This you can do it in a container. First time in a decade, kale has made the top twelve. Kale is wild cabbage. So that's a lovely thing. And it thing. tastes terrible in a smoothie, and it tastes terrible cooked. You can't even taste it in a, a smoothie. I can't. S- you can't taste it in a smoothie. Okay. And roasted or fried or whatever they call kale when you make kale chips. What do you call that? Uh, roasted. 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 <laughs> roasted kale chips. Oh, so they're so I, good. I, so I had a, I had a uh, phenomenal opportunity to do. Uh, so one of the things we talked about earlier was that we were talking about sort of these, one of my businesses is home inspection, and um, and I had an opportunity to do a home inspection for a slab-on-grade home, and um, there was a sunken living room. So it's otherwise flat on, on the ground, except for the mm-hmm. sunken living room, and an epoxy, and the woman had an epoxy-coated floor with <clears throat> water bubbles under it, and she was sure that she had a, a fault in her foundation. So there was a crack in the foundation she was sure of that must be sending water into the house. And I said, well, it's an exposed concrete foundation, so let's look around. There's no, there's no, um, there's no fault in the foundation. There's, there's no breach. And, um, and a lot of people like technology, so I brought my, my thermal uh, imaging, imaging camera. Yeah. Uh, to, to, it really allays people's concern. I, it, those of us he in said the, allay. It's a big word. Mm-hmm. The the those of us in the industry, I think Rich and I and Ron and many many guys with years of experience can just read a building, um, and uh, but people like the like the technology because that's the way you know that's just the the modern way. And so quantitative I, results. Yes, and so we you know I brought in the thermal imager, showed her how even how the corners. Uh, are going to show darker. And, you know, so like you can see the change in image, but then do you know what's the difference in a bad change versus just a change that's normal? Right. And uh, long story short, she ends up, it ends up that her gutters 
had not been cleaned. She had just bought this place. It, it was an abandoned house. Actually, it was a foreclosure. And she was coming in to, you know, ostensibly start remodeling the place. And, and she needed uh, just, you know, a professional look at it and, and have her understand what her exposure was here. And uh, in the end, water was overflowing the gutters right where the downspout would be, at, and it, which is just adjacent to the sunken basement. Uh, sunken living room and um and that's what it was causing enough pressure at the foundation that water was pushing through the concrete but it gets stopped by the epoxy coat right and so these weird bubbles and she uh sort of a funny story she is walking following me and i'm strategically stepping around all the water bubbles bubbles. (laughs) and she steps on one and it sprays right up and so she was, uh, it was earlier in the morning, and, and she clearly woke up at that point. Um, I would definitely have gone with a pin and popped every water bubble. bubble and yeah, or yeah, it like a knife, and yeah, for sure, just to let it let it breach and breathe. But yeah, so the water tables just raised up because they just need to get the water further away. So yeah, and so we, we talked about uh, back pitch, and, so cleaning gutters. Oh, the other thing uh, for all the homeowners out there. Back pitch. So you mm-hmm. grow stuff around your house all the time because it looks pretty, and that's great. And then, um, and a lot of times we let it get larger than it should be when it's close to a house. Yes. Um, so uh, in Chicago, uh, during the 50s and 60s, a lot of people planted yews, U-Y-E-W. Use people? Use mm-hmm. use guys. Use guys. Use guys. Use guys. Absolutely. I so, planted you guys. And, and so, in Chicago, and those I planted you under the ever... goalpost at Soldier Field. You guys Absolutely. planted you there. Uh, and uh, <laughs> with some concrete shoes, maybe? No, that's in the lake. You um, guys. And so those should all be torn out. You take a, a chain, you tie it to the to the back of your, your, your pickup truck, and you just tear them right out. Uh, and then you plant... Hopefully. And I then... have seen some hold on a little better than that. Right. Uh, and, and the other... Um, Use and then guys. you plant appropriate stuff. So near a foundation, never a tree, uh, maybe a bush. As long as you can keep it, it's a deciduous bush. Maybe not a maybe not a coniferous bush. So on and so forth. Ideally, just perennial plants. Um, Big words. Uh, yeah, the deciduous. You know, loses leaves. Coniferous. coniferous pine tree. Coniferous. Pine. I like when he said acidify. Acidify. It, Acidify or ossify. I think I combine acidify and ossify. Um, I've said it twice, things. and Andrew hasn't even blinked. Uh, so, anyways, uh, one of the maintenance. So, what happens is that that leaves fall down, they rot into d- dirt, and you end up with uh, a grade about three or four or five feet away from the structure that's higher than the dirt that's next to the structure. Which means every time it rains, water runs towards your structure. Please, please, please don't do that. Um, Go out, either you do it or get your landscaping guy to come out and set the grade properly. The the grade at closest to the foundation should be higher than the grade slightly away from the foundation. And, and, and it should not be above the first mortar joint. If you have a masonry home, it should be two or three inches lower than the first mortar joint. Or if you have a frame home, it should be five or six six inches below Mm -hmm. now in the end is there somebody coming around with a measuring tape no but um uh as much as you reasonably can based on the adjacent grade right okay now we're going to go back to the phones so we got nick from sandwich nick 
Thanks for calling Mighty House. Hey, Nick. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, good morning. Nick. Good morning from Sandwich. Sorry, I missed never... the uh, the. Uh, I'm sorry, I missed the filler segment tip of the week, but uh, um. Oh, that's anyway, hysterical. A little later. Thank you. The filler uh, tip of the week. Right. Thank you. Right on. High five. Awesome. High five. Virtual right high on with your bad self, Robbie. Thank you, Nick. We're gonna we're gonna poop on his parade for for that little comment. So anyway, oh, I, but I, have to say, I, I don't worry about it. <laughs> but you could poo poo on it. Uh, nice. No, but. I will say, I will say the filler you did a couple years ago about the uh, what's the porches or verandas or is it a stoop? That was yeah. actually pretty pretty good information. So I thank you for that one, right? But, yeah, uh, is it pinners uh, or is yeah, it stoop ball? And, and he's he's young enough to remember a few years ago. Yeah, that's right. I, I have trouble. I've with listened for a little while, so. So but, that, um, what are we talking about? Toilets today? That. Oh, toilets! Yeah, I did a. Um, I had a. a the internals of the, uh, the tank were getting old, and um, I had recently, you know, we had uh, redone the floor in the bathroom, just with some sticky tiles, rental, but we had to, you know, get the, the crummy old linoleum up, and so we put it, so I had rebuilt the bottom, basically. I took the toilet off when we did the floor, and so now it was ready to do that, that top tank, but um, got the rebuild kit, and it was pretty simple. Everything up until you got to the rusty bolt holding the tank to the that I have to say, um, but I you know I just wanted to say that your guys' show is uh, it's pretty good and it's uh, been loving to listen to it and just uh, I don't know motivation motivation to do to do, to do the stuff yourself to kind of persevere Appreciate that the kind words. It's the worst thing about rebuilding the toilet tank is when those bolts that go through the bottom, those usually we just take a hacksaw blade and you just cut them off and then boom, done. Because when you try to do them, you, you risk breaking the, the china, uh, the, the porcelain. So I really hate that. And the other thing is the handle. Um, those are reverse threads. So yes. a lot of times you're struggling to just the, get the thing to unscrew. Yeah. And it's no, for whatever reason, those are reverse threads on all of them. There's like two or three things in your, in your life that are reverse thread. And every time you're right? like, oh, yeah, that. I can't tell you how many toilet tanks I broke when I was younger, okay. not realizing that, you know. But So, so I, I, I just, uh, Nick, just a point on the on the rebuilding the, the toilet. Now, you know, if your toilet is, you know, like young in its lifespan, um, and you're, you know, replacing some of the internals. Great. If it's gotten old enough that it's rusted through the bolts, I just, just a thought. You know, not everybody has the budget to replace a toilet all the time, but know that the finishes, literally, the finish on the china is different now. The design, the pitch, the angle of the uh, of the, the water trapway. jets of the trapway right. are all different now, and it's they're designed to use less water. Yes, one thing, but they're also designed to flush more efficiently. So they literally make a paste that's designed to mimic okay. human stuff. And we got to take a break here, yep. Ash. It's with the clock there. Yep. Anyway, give us a call. Um, I don't have a Appreciate clock. you giving me a call, giving us a call, Nick, and thanks for the kind words. So, oh, bye, Nick. Anyway, we'll be back right after with this. With more toilet to talk. Close out the show. More I got toilet talk. We're, we're talking about poop. I will. Is Trust me, I will. House. <laughs> Mighty House will return. See, I work construction. I build things. I don't know if y'all realize the pressure a man like me's got on. 
This is Mighty House. Hi, we are broadcasting worldwide and live, 7 to 10 10 a.m. Central Standard Time every Saturday at MightyHouse.net, TuneIn.com, and on the Gab Radio Network. Just look for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and look for Mighty House Home Improvement Show, and our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. So what did we learn today? I don't know. Well, can't we wrap up with toilet talk? Sure. Okay, so I almost need to replace my toilet. Okay. And I'll tell you what well, happened. And it's just so appropriate that you... Need- well, this is what happened. So a while ago, we were having some plumbing issues, and we have a little shower stall, and there was like some backup, and we had these incompetent plumbers come to the house, and they couldn't do anything. And it was a huge nightmare, and they left with backup in the shower stall. It was just a disaster. And what had happened somehow, I don't know, but they got um, like cement or concrete or a little drops of something like that in the toilet so you know there's like the funnel part of the toilet where every all the your trapway, waste yeah. goes down yeah trapway okay so right like at the very bottom they got some stuff stuck there right and it, you, i can't remove it i've like scraped and scraped to try to remove it. well now what happens is the waste that passes by it stains it and so it always looks like i can't clean my toilet now I have to replace the toilet. Sounds like it. Uh, I know it's like terrible. It. You, you know who you know who is often guilty of that? The the tile guy. Yes. Like swishes his bucket that had the mortar in it and That's he it. pours it down. Yes. But then he doesn't mm-hmm. then go back with two or three more buckets to make sure that he's yes. got it down. And and really the first best way is that he carries it off site. The second best way is he puts it down your slop sink in the basement. Yes. Um, That's what it is. It's like mortar. There's something yes, stuck down there. You can't sure. clean that. But but here's no. the thing. You that toilet that you pay a few hundred dollars for, you will save money in the long run because it's using 1.6 gallons per flush. It's flushing more efficiency. Uh, efficiently, the water, all, the modern toilets, they're labeled as water sense labeled, and this is mm-hmm. actually what I did for the federal government. So, like, um, so I'm a building science guy. I I work for the for for the office of, of the president at tasked to the General Services Administration doing major modernization work. So we're modernizing the Wilbur and Orville Wright Federal Buildings. We're working on a sustainability plan for the for the White House campus. And one of the things was, you know, how do you get more efficient, but still, one, uh, keep client user satisfaction high, and two, not do things like damage the plumbing, which Rich was talking about in the last segment, where, you know, do you have enough water to get the material out of the building? Uh, a thing that happened with uh, no, no flush urinals was that the acid in urine was literally rotting the old pipes in the building. So move, you have right. to move to PVC, or you have to have water upstream of that. So, so upstream of the urinals has to be the lavatory sinks, for example, because when the when the acidic material runs into the pipes on a in a in an old iron system, then you then you uh, then somebody goes to the hand washing station, ideally, and they they wash their hands, and then that w- dirty hand wash water, that gray water, moves through that same pipe and pushes the urine down, and then cl- thereby cleans the pipes and reduces the likelihood of corrosion inside the pipe. So there's all sorts of science behind why. A new toilet right. is actually a good investment for you and any of these homeowners out there who are thinking like, 
I can retrofit a low flush in my old three and a half gallon flush toilet. You can't. The China, the Jets, the Trapway are not designed for that. Um, so, um, so. Well, I remember when they first came out, it was almost what they did was just change the guts and left the tank and the bowl and all that the same. And that was always the complaint with the low flush because it was like you had to flush twice. And low flush was so I was the, using three point generation versus three point You know what I mean? So yeah. no, I get it. Uh, low flush was the first generation before the water sense labeling came out, and I, and and before the and different than Energy Star, the the water sense label makes it has a performance standard. It has to make sure that it can flush a lot of material. They actually flush golf balls through these things. They, I mean, there's. It's uh, the if you if you look up the EPA's uh, website, there's all sorts of interesting stuff on how they set these standards so that mm-hmm. industry, in order to gain the label, has to show demonstrate that they perform to a very high standard of end user mm-hmm. satisfaction. Agreed. Yay. Okay, so what did we learn this week, Rich? Um, that urine's very acidic and and can ruin your cast iron pipes, so you always want the sink upstream. Yes, and so that's for our commercial building Never thought listeners. about it that way, but that's why I do love building science as well. You know what I mean? Like somebody had the issue, and they, they resolved it, or they came up with a simple solution. Yeah. So, But it makes sense, so it's important to know that if you're an architect or designer who's laying something out. And, you know, and it's, it's just important to get a local handyman or maintenance person that you trust, and if you're going to do it yourself, that's fine. You don't always have to have somebody else do it for you but really take the time and learn how it how a professional would do it and then do it that way uh-huh. um you know if you're not going to draw a permit for a job okay but the reason permits exist in part is to protect you the homeowner and protect your several hundred thousand dollar asset or more and right. uh so if you're not going to draw a permit fair but at least build to code or better and you can do that if you have a decent knowledge base. And maybe you don't hire all of the work out. Maybe you have an agreement with a with a handyman service or, or a small uh, scope builder to do a, a remodeler to do, uh, you'll do a portion of the work. Hey, I'll handle the demo, you handle the build, and... You know, we'll work out a you know an arrangement where your your demo piece uh, mm-hmm. is is not on the bill because I'm um, uh, I'm I'm handling that in house and and that builder is happy to make some money but happy to have you know a, a homeowner deal with some of the work that's grunge work anyways. Um, so there are ways that you can cost save and be cost conscious while making sure the work is done in a professional manner that won't risk the value of your home. Mm-hmm. Well put. And what, what else did we part? learn this week? Trader, Trader Joe's, Joe's is awesome. for different packaging. I think it's hysterical, by the way. Um, oh, you know what? They, this a new. Uh, what was the French one? Jacques. Was Trader that Jacques. Jacques. That makes me laugh. I know. I love just before Christmas time. Like I don't know. Maybe it's even November-ish uh, for the Trader Joe fans. You can go buy a double bottle of champagne of sparkling wine, mm-hmm. and it's like inexpensive. It's like less than twenty bucks. But nice. uh, but it's hilarious to present that to somebody. They, everyone just—it's like a laugh riot. Like that's a ridiculously large bottle of champagne, right? And, and then, then and then when it's empty, people are laughing anyways because they're all drunk, right? Pod, we got to close this out already. So podcasts or previous shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on the Home Improvement USA.com. Find links to them all at MightyHouse.net. 
Video clips of the show are available at MightyHouse.net and on our Mighty House YouTube channel. We will be giving away the Klein Tool uh, 3005CR Rationing Crimper right after the show, uh, live on Facebook. So don't hang up on us. Just stick in there and see if you won. Conversation continues all week long on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for our newsletter. Uh, just go to MightyHouse.net. Go to the Contact Us page. Just put in your information. Click on Boom Done, and you'll know what's going to be on the show every week. Follow us on Facebook by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show, and our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. Look for our show sponsors at MightyHouse.net. Click on the Mighty House Team page. Next week, we'll have Kumar Jensen to talk building energy usage in Evanston. We'll also have another Mighty House Tip of the Week, Clutter Clarity, and in between, taking your calls. Great. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Kurt Weber from Crescent Tools and everyone that called in. Thanks for stopping by spending a little time with us today. I don't have much time we got left. I don't know if I stretch or done. 60 anyway. seconds. 60 seconds. I'm so glad. Uh, we got time then. So together. we got time. Yes. Just to have a laugh and or sing, sing a song. Let me know when there's Seems 15 we just seconds get left. started then before, before you know it. It's over. Comes the time we, we have, have to say so long. All right. For Trixie and Rich Cowgill, Robbie Earnhardt, the entire Mighty House team, I am Rich Cowgill. Keep it square and level until until next Saturday. If you have any questions during the week, you can always post them on Facebook and Twitter. Join us next Saturday for more home infotainment. Mighty House is a square and level media production. Mighty House.